Hi, I'm Pastor Dallas Billington, Senior Pastor here at City Church, and we want to welcome you today to our services. We hope that no matter what you're facing in life, that through the message today, through God's Word, He will truly encourage your heart. You know, what are all of you doing here today with this weather? Gee. I, I, you know, I'm getting all snowing out. It's May, and I'm thinking... Who is going to show up today anyway? So, oh, I'm so thankful. So many things to be thankful for. I had a, such a hard time. I Hopefully, most of you didn't notice it last week, but I shared it the, not during the service, but after the offering that my tooth was chipped and I felt like I was fumbling all over the place. But anyways, you know, it's great to be in God's house, and I'll say it again, I'll say it a thousand times till he comes back, that we, I, I don't think we'll ever, ever take for granted that we have a unique country. We have a First Amendment, a Second Amendment. We have the other amendments that we have the freedom of expression, to speech, to worship. And there's no other country like it. We know we're so thankful for Israel, but I, I'm thankful today, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that. Even though it's Mother's Day, we're going to talk about Israel, and um, we're going to look at Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 11 in just a minute. Father, we thank you today that you have opened these doors. You've kept them open. And Father, through all that we've seen go on in the world and things seem to be getting better, we just pray that, Lord, they'll continue to get better. And, and through this, that people have been saved, through this, that we will see even a revival. And Father, we know you're coming back soon. Lord, we're thankful for the, the love that you've shown us, even through our moms, if we had a a mom that was a godly mom, and they were always there for us, the same as you are. You tell us in, your old, in the Old Testament, you comfort us as a mom comforts her children. So, Father, we thank you today. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, uh, I, uh, I, I, had a, I just had a great mom. She, uh, she spanked me a lot. Uh, <laughs> And that's one of the reasons I know that I had a great mom. And, uh, you know, I started thinking about that last night, that, that, I, that I got spanked a lot, you know. And I got spanked when I was in, not my parents, but I got spanked when I was in grade school. I got spanked when I was in high school. Uh, I was, a, uh, I, I got spanked on my birthday. Um, I was just a ornery, ornery kid, and and anyways, I'll never forget my freshman year. I, it was it was really snowing out hard, and so I went outside. And I got an ice ball, and I someone was running down the hallway, and I just flinged that ice ball right at him. And they're running down the hallway, whack, bam, it hits him, explodes, and I turn around. And as I turn around, the vice president is standing right behind me. So he says, okay, Bellington, you want a couple of whacks or you want detention? And he said, can you, can you imagine if that 
what happened today. But anyways, I, I would always take getting whacked because I didn't want my parents to know I got in trouble at school. So it, it happened I don't know how many times. But um, anyways, so I, I, it's funny how you think about things like that growing up. But um, we'll touch on that a little bit at the end. But I, I, I really feel or felt in my spirit this week, and I did so much studying on what's happening in the Middle East, that we need to realize where we're at. Where are we in history? And by knowing where we are in history, it will calm us as a believer, but will also make us aware how close we are uh, to the end of time. And so, uh, that being said, I, I want you to look at, at Isaiah chapter 11 and verses 10 through 12. Isaiah chapter 11 and verses 10 through 12. And in that day, there shall be a root of Jesse, meaning talking about the Lord Jesus Christ in whom he will come, who shall stand as a banner to all people. For the Gentiles shall seek him, and his resting place shall be glorious. And it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall set his hand, now listen to this, again the second time to recover the remnant of his people, of his people who are left from Assyria and Egypt, from Pathos, from Cush, from Elam, from Shinar, from Hamath and the islands of the sea. He will set up a banner for the nations and will assemble the outcasts of Israel. Here it is. And gather together the dispersed of Judah. You know what that's pointing to? That's what we say, those theologians that study it. I call myself a Bible research. I... I always struggled in school, always did, and I look to, I'll study like seven or eight theologians, and if I believe they're all on the same line and they're believed doctrinally where they are, I, I go off of that, of, of what I believe is the truth. And, and in reading these verses, what the Bible is telling us, first of all, that do you know that there is no nation that has ever come back once it's been destroyed? No nation has never come back. Now, not only that, it happened to Israel twice. That's a miracle. First, the Babylonian captivity from what we know of, and then they were able to, after so many years, be able to go back and build their homeland. And then we see underneath the Roman Empire and came and completely destroyed Israel in 70 AD. And when they did that, all the Jewish people, not all, but many were taken captive and many were dispersed all over the world all over the world, now brings into play the wars, World War I, World War II. At that time, Harry Truman becomes the president. And we understand, we know what happened 
uh, in Germany, we know what happened with Japan, atomic bombs, and so on and so forth. But I want you to know in your life to give you hope that whether you know it or not, it might have been years ago, God always sows a seed. If we're willing to let him work in our life, even though we don't understand what we're going through, and we've been going through it for years, he always sows a seed, and his word says, it'll never come back void. That's a promise you and I have. So at the end of World War I, there was a Jewish man who helped invent some of the weaponry and some of the things that they were able to do to win the war, World War I. And they asked him, without you, we would have not won this war. And he said, what can we do? What can we do for you? And he says, I would love for you to give my people, the Jewish people, a homeland. That was in the early 1900s. That was a seed that was sown. And here we have, now we bring it up to the war has ended. We realize what has gone on in the concentration camps. We realize they say it's well over 6 million Jews that had been killed, millions upon millions that had died during World War II. And there was an argument back and forth. Should we give Israel its homeland again? There's nothing really there. It's just basically dirt, vacant land. And... Do you know all the cabinet went against President Truman and said, this is going to cause too much problems with the Arab nations. And his own cabinet, everyone in his own cabinet went against him. And President Truman said, no, I believe this is what we're going to do. And this is why he believed that. As a kid... He was taught in Sunday school about the promised land and how it was given to God's people, the Jewish people, and it was their land to begin with. And he said, I believe that we need to call it Israel, and he went to the United States or went to the United Nations and said the same thing. And the reason I speak to you today, this Mother's Day about this, the reason why I talk about today, because next week, next week, 1948, May 14th, 73 years ago, Israel became a nation for the second time. You know where that is? That's right here. It's in the Bible. So I want to encourage you today that years and years and years and years later, 
it was called the Belfort Declaration, uh, uh, Declaration back in World War I. That's what it was actually called, what he wanted to do. Do you see how long that took? But he was willing to wait. Now, I know Mother's Day and Father's Day is always a very emotional day, depending on what on in your family. But I want you to know that God still heals. That's who he is. And I don't know what's happened in your life. And maybe, maybe some family members have died and that was never rectified. But you can rectify it in your own spirit. Getting back to what we have looked at and studied in the book of Isaiah, that's how you know God will come through in your life. Because as I've said a few weeks ago, a third of this book is prophecy. And we just read prophecy that came true. You can't deny it. They've tried the years to destroy it, to deny it, to disprove it. It's never happened. So what I say to you and to me today is one word when you look at your situation, and that is to trust. Are you willing to trust the one that you prayed and said, Jesus, forgive me a sinner, I ask you to give my heart. I trust you to take the rest of my life and use it. And no matter what I see, no matter what I hear, no matter how I feel, no matter what happens, I know that you have the ultimate power and authority to do what? The Bible also tells us in Isaiah 66, shall a nation be born in one day? One day Israel was born again. Another prophecy of Scripture. Do you know immediately, immediately after one minute after midnight, I believe, all the Arab nations went against Israel to destroy them. Do you know, as a believer, the devil has a goal for your life and for my life? It's to steal your joy. If you're still living, but you are here today, he wants to steal your joy. He brings up things about the past, whether it's in your marriage or whether it's in your childhood or something you really can't change. But he wants to steal your joy. God tells us in his word that if his prophecy is true, his words are true, and he wants us to trust him. And it is said, I believe it was... 1948, when they went to war with the Arab nations, it was 1967 and it happened again and it happened again in 1973. And one of those wars, I believe it was 1967. Listen to this. And one of those wars in 19, I, I believe it was 1967, the odds were because basically they were still 
a young, a young nation. The odds against them were 100 million Arabs to 3 million Jews. Think about that. And God, through his providence, won that war. I want you to get this last part. Every war that they had those, out of those three wars, they were able to take more territory in the promised land. One of the greatest places they took was the Golan Heights so they could see what Syria was doing and a strategic point for war. But let me get back to saying every one of those wars, they were willing to believe all odds against them. If God is for us, who can be against us? And what I want to tell you today is no matter what it looks like, you trust him. God is going to increase your territory of influence when you trust him through the war and after the war. Right now today, this is a living, a living book that breathes and and as you read it and as we say if it just takes five minutes a day to read it God is so miraculous that he had you come here today just for this purpose just to hear this just to give you hope that you would trust in him that tonight that you will open this book up it's never been wrong and you'll take a few minutes and after you read it for a few minutes Lord, what are you speaking to me about a mom? Lord, what are you speaking to me about work, my family, my kids? I don't know what to do. God says his word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. He's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. Let's look at a couple more verses and we'll close today. The book of Daniel chapter 12. How do we know where we are? What's happened? How do we, I, I mean, you know, you, you've heard so many people, oh, you know, I've heard it again and again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Lord's coming back. How many times we heard that? Yeah, we heard, you know, people set dates. The dates come through. It never happens. And how many pastors have lost their ministries? Because the Bible says nobody knows the hour or the time when the Lord's going to come back. But let me give you an insight. The Bible says when the, uh, God's word, when in Matthew chapter 24 and 25, and his disciples come to him and talk to him about Lord, when's all this going to happen? He says, when you see the fig tree begin to blossom, God's prophetic time clock started on May 14th, 1948. It began to click off. And the Bible tells us that 
the generation that begins to see that will not pass away. In other words, we, we have the privilege and the opportunity that we could be caught up in what's called the rapture. Now, in the book of Psalm chapter 90, I chuckle a little bit because I'm getting closer to it. It says God has promised us living to live 70 years. Some of you are getting closer to that. Some of you have passed that. And if need be, and God is gracious to us, it could even be 80. That's a generation. But we still don't know. Many could say that, you know, we've got several years left. I don't know. Could be 10 years. Could be 20 years. But I know this. You know this. Whether it's California, whether it's Portland, whether it's the unrest that we see in our major cities in New York, where we see what's happening in China and all around the world, do you really think that we can keep going the way we're going? God gives us another insight. In Daniel chapter 12 and verse 4 about the time that we live in. Now he's talking to Daniel thousands of years ago about today. And he says this, but you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. So he shuts the book up, and now we have those that are very well known that are prophecy watchers that know prophecy well are now be able to open that and are being able to interpret it and see where we're at and to see that, that we only have so much time yet. What, 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 what about that? What about the run to and fro and, and, and knowledge shall increase? Many of you know who Elon Musk is. If you ask me, he's the smartest guy on the planet. Maybe he's an alien, I don't know. <laughs> but he is the smartest guy on the planet. I, I, I believe that. Now, why is he doing everything he can to build a colony on Mars? Because he knows this world is not going to make it. He's even said that. Do you know that a century ago, a century ago, a hundred years ago, knowledge would double. I want you to get this. Knowledge, because it says knowledge will increase. Knowledge would double every hundred years. Again, studying the Bible, truth is telling us. And in the end times, it says it's going to speed up. 
So knowledge will double every 100 years. And you know today, it, it doubles and multiplies with just one newspaper. Not just the Beacon Journal, the Columbus Dispatch, or the Los Angeles Times, or the Miami Herald. I'm saying one newspaper. You, those are many. If you just pick one of those newspapers out, knowledge increases not in 100 years that it doubles. It does it every 12 hours. That's hard to, to fathom. And that's where IA and all these different things that we're seeing and singularity and, and machine is going to get to the place to where it can actually overtake a person's knowledge. And even Elon Musk has said he is scared of what could happen because of those ramifications, because those machines will make the decisions on their own, not you putting an input into it. Is it happening? Absolutely. We're here. We're living in it. So let's close with some hope today. Let's close in Romans chapter 8, one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. Romans chapter 8 verses, and we'll go back and forth, verses 18 through 26. For I consider the sufferings of this time and are not worried to be compared with the glory which will be revealed in us. Remember that verse we talk about from time to time? A day with the Lord is like a thousand years and a thousand years like a day. That's amazing. The Lord is showing us how quickly, how quickly time is going by. And he's showing us as we read that and that we have hope that he says and he continues for, I consider that the suffering of this present time, what you're going through, you will make it. You will get through. God will give you the wisdom. He will give you the grace. He will give you the power and he will give you the authority. Wait on him. Not worthy to be compared with the glory which will be revealed to us for the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the, of the sons of God. For the creation was subject to futility, not willing, but because of him who subjected in hope. What is that saying? Now, I am all for taking care of our earth. I'm all for ecology. I'm all for doing whatever we can to do what we can to help our earth. But can you stop yourself from getting old? I told you last week, I, you know, when I chip my tooth, I don't know how I chip my tooth. I don't know how I did it. I just know I'm getting older. And it just, I don't know how I did it. It's just age. It just happens. What I'm here to, what I'm here to share with you and, and to know 
We can't stop the world from getting older. And as we see the activity of all the volcanoes and, and different earthquakes and things that are happening, I'm not a person of doom, but we're not going to be able to stop that. Now, what we can do is do what we can, whatever we can do to make things right and to keep things clean and to do what we can and to use the wisdom that God has given us while we're living here. But we're headed to, and that's why when you, when you actually hear the earth groans, it's what it's talking about. It's talking about the flooding. It's talking about the earthquakes. It's talking about uh, all the different things that we see that are happening around the world with, with the actual physical world. Let's close in just a minute. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pains together until now. Not only, but we also, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption of the redemption of our body, that new body that we will have in heaven forever and ever and ever. For we are saved in this hope. Bible tells us Christ in you and me, the hope of glory. You and I have hope today because through the power of the Holy Spirit, Christ dwells within us. And we know when we're discouraged and we're down and we don't have an answer, we can go to him. We might not have the answer right then but he's going to give us to us. And in the meantime, I was, it was interesting. I was listening to a very famous actress this week and, and she was talking and she was actually, uh, had done a series on this and very wealthy, very famous, but she deals with anxiety and, and very stressful panic attacks. And this is immediately what you say. Oh, come on. Lives in a multi-million dollar house. She's got all the money she ever wants. She's got, you know, all the cars. What, 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 what's, what's she complaining about? You know what she is? She's a person. She's made in God's image. Bible tells us in the book of Ecclesiastics, we are made with a void in our heart. And the only thing that can fill it is Jesus. That's all she needs. There's nothing wrong. The Bible says the root, the root of, of money is evil. It's not money. If you have money, that's fine. There's nothing wrong if you have money. But it's, it's the root of all evil if that's all you depend on. And that's what she was depending on. But God wants you and I to know today to trust him, to know that we're living in these last days and make decisions in such a way that he is in control of your life. Let's close. Not only that, but we are also have the first fruits of the Spirit even we ourselves groan within ourselves, eagerly awaiting for the adoption and the redemption of our body. For we are saved in this hope. 
But hope that is seen is not hope. For what does one still hope for what he sees? But we hope for what we do not see, for we eagerly wait for it with perseverance and closing. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for, or we should ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. It's a great verse in the book of Romans. And it says, hope, hope in Jesus, hope never disappoints. It might be years you've been waiting for something to change or you've been waiting on something. I don't know what it is. But when you hope in Jesus, even though you can't see him, the Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please him. But he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now, let me turn it a little bit. We're done. You know, my mom, uh, I, I, I had a great mom. And... Uh, yeah, I got. Yeah, I did get spanked a lot, but I still had a great mom, and uh, she spanked me more than my dad did. But anyways, uh, <laughs> but you know, there, there's different things that, that you remember, um, and one of the things I'll never forget that my mom taught me that I still do to this day by her example by her godly example was when I was in college, she would, she loved to do pottery. So she had what's, it's called a kiln, K-I-L-N, I believe it's pronounced. And whenever I'd come home from school or come home late at night, she'd leave a note, you know, can you, can you take, you know, cause it was, a lot of stuff was heavy. Can you take it out? and put it out on the table for me. And, you know, and I would do it all the time. I didn't care. And, but this is what she'd always do. She'd always turn it over before it cooled off. And she would write a scripture verse on the bottom of that piece of pottery. Now, she did thousands of those. For people in the hospital, for birthdays, for people she loved, people she didn't know. But that was an example that she set for me. I don't send anything out today without a scripture on. That's because of what my mom did. See, what I'm telling you today that you have the power you have so much power that you cannot believe with your family. And at the time, I didn't think a thing about it. And then years later, it just like it branded in my heart and it never went away. Huh. 
the seed was sown. And when God sows a seed in your kid's life from you, or you go to him, was the Bible we read with groanings that you don't even know how to pray, but you pray. God honors that. And it might take years, but by his power, by his authority, by what he did on the cross of Calvary and through his death and his resurrection. I don't care where you're at today. You and I have hope. Let's pray. So our heads are bowed today, you know, Maybe kind of giving up on some areas in your life. <laughs> we all do, I think, a little bit. Man, that's just taking too long, or my boss is never going to leave, or, or my mate is never going to change, or, or, you know, my husband's gone, and, and I, I don't know quite how to live, and it's, and it's Mother's Day, and I miss my mom. So do I. But remember the seeds that were sown in your life. Maybe you didn't even have any. But this verse today was for you that you can start with you. You can be the one. You can be the one to know in the last times that we're living in, the way Israel won those wars miraculously was through the power of God. And Jesus is coming sometime soon. And so what I want for you today as you leave, first of all, as a believer, is take a deep breath and know God's got it all in control. He's going to work it all out. You say, Dallas, it's been a long time. It's okay. He's going to work it out. Just follow his path. Don't turn from the right or the left. And watch him work in a miraculous way. Father, if there's someone here today that doesn't know you as their Savior, Lord, as we always do as people are seated today, there's someone here, you tell us that by a prayer, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's not, Lord, let people know that are watching. So many people are watching, Lord. Let them know it's not about being Baptist or Catholic or Presbyterian. It's about do they have a personal relationship with you? So, Lord, let them know that, said, Jesus, I, I believe who you are. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. I ask you to come into my heart. And from this day forward, help me to live your way and have hope and peace by your resurrection power. Lord, if there's someone here today as Ben leads us as we remain seated, may they step out of their seat. I can pray with them. 
and can find heaven as their home because it's by faith. It's by that prayer that we pray that we ask you into our heart. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, has spoke to you today through his word. You know, no matter what you go through, no matter what you face in life, I want you to know that through the one, Jesus Christ, through his death on the cross of Calvary, he shed his perfect blood for you and for me. And if you pray right now and ask Jesus into your heart, the message that you heard today, why God is speaking to you, I want you to know that you can have hope. And all you have to do is pray with me right now. Don't try and figure it out. The Lord says by faith, we accept Jesus as our Savior, and you'll have hope for eternity. You say, Dallas, will you help me? What do I have to do? Well, let me share with you a verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. If you're willing to believe that God sent his Son to die on a cross for you, just pray this prayer with me right now. And you can have heaven as your home. Jesus will forgive you for anything you've done in this life. And you can have hope from this day forward. Pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, forgive me a sinner. I believe that you're God's son. And you came and lived a perfect life. And you died on the cross. And you shed your perfect blood for all of my sin. And right now, Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart to forgive me for all of my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And from this day forward, help me to live by your resurrection power. In Jesus' name. If you've prayed that prayer, we want to hear from you. Contact us through our website, City Church AC, or you can get at our church app through any of the um, streaming services, and we want you to know that we'll contact you. And from this day forward, no matter what you face, you'll always have hope, knowing that Jesus is your Savior, and he'll come through in your life. Thank you for being with us today.